Hello, everyone. I'm Adrienne Bloom, and I'd like to welcome you to another installment of H2 Tech Talk, the podcast series from H2 Tech. Today, we'll be looking at an infrastructure and distribution article from our quarter one issue of H2 Tech published in March. This article focuses on flow measurement challenges for hydrogen fuels, and it's written by Dale Anderson, who is a clean fuels engineer at Tuv Sud National Engineering Laboratory in Glasgow, Scotland which is the UK's designated institute for flow measurement. So before we get started with the podcast, I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe and share the H2 Tech Talk podcast for more expert discussions on technology and trends in the hydrogen sector. It's easy to subscribe. Just search for H2 Tech Talk on iTunes or Blueberry and click the subscribe button. So now let's talk about tackling flow measurement challenges for hydrogen fuels. Hydrogen is recognized as playing a crucial role in global net zero carbon targets through its potential use in vehicles and in domestic heating. This is because hydrogen contains no carbon, so when used in a fuel cell or combustion engine, its only product is water vapor. However, due to the low abundance of elemental hydrogen in the Earth's atmosphere, hydrogen must be first produced before it can be used as a fuel. This means that it is referred to as an energy carrier and, unlike hydrocarbons, is not an energy source. When discussing the use of hydrogen in a low carbon economy, green hydrogen is commonly referred to. This is hydrogen generated from the electrolysis of water using renewable energy such as solar, wind, or tidal. Generation of hydrogen from renewable sources provides a buffer that allows excess energy to be stored in periods of peak generation. However, the most common method for hydrogen production is either through steam methane reforming or autothermal reforming of hydrocarbons, such as natural gas, primarily due to the lower cost relative to electrolysis. This process produces carbon dioxide as a byproduct, Therefore, CO2 reducing technologies such as carbon capture, utilization, and storage, or CCUS, are required to avoid CO2 being released to the atmosphere. When a carbon reduction technology such as CCUS is used alongside steam methane reforming or autothermal reforming, the hydrogen produced is commonly referred to as blue hydrogen. The use of hydrogen as an alternative to refined oil products and natural gas for transport is receiving much attention. Like battery-powered electric vehicles, or BEVs, the use of hydrogen fuel cell electric vehicles, or FCEVs, will reduce local air pollution due to the absence of tailpipe emissions. Provided that either green or blue hydrogen is used, overall CO2 emissions will also be reduced. For BEVs, which use electricity from the electricity grid, the overall CO2 emissions will be reduced if the method of electricity generation emits less CO2 per charged vehicle than those which use hydrocarbons as a fuel. Globally, BEVs are significantly larger in number than FCEVs at present. The capital costs associated with building a hydrogen refueling station mean that they are less common than the relatively low cost BEV charging points. However, FCEVs do have several advantages, such as a larger range of 400 kilometers and above compared to a range of around 250 kilometers for BEVs. In addition, FCEVs can be refueled in a few minutes, 
whereas BEVs can take several hours to recharge their batteries. One aspect that is commonly overlooked for FCEVs is the ability to effectively trade hydrogen. For BEVs, this is relatively simple since the necessary standards are already in place to measure electricity usage. For the FCEV industry, the challenge of measuring hydrogen dispensed into the tank is not as simple, particularly when customers using these refueling stations will expect a similar level of measurement error to what is precisely achieved in gasoline and diesel refueling, such as minus 1% to plus 0.5%. The accuracy requirements for dispensers at hydrogen refueling stations are set out in the international recommendation OIML R139. A maximum permissible error, or MPE, of plus or minus 1.5% is stipulated for the flow meter and plus or minus 2% for the complete measuring system at initial verification, which is challenging due to the operating conditions at hydrogen refueling stations. These are specified in the worldwide accepted standard SAE J2601. The flow meters used at refueling stations are Coriolis mass flow meters, with the exact location of these depending on the design of the refueling station. Two common locations are upstream of the pre-cooler near the compressor and in the dispenser unit downstream of the pre-cooler. Coriolis mass flow meters perform best when calibrated at temperatures and pressures close to field operating conditions and ideally using the same fluid. However, vehicles are filled at up to 700 bar and the temperature within the refueling station can reach up to 60 degrees Celsius from pre-cooling at minus 40 degrees Celsius. At present, no independent flow calibration laboratories can operate with hydrogen at these conditions to enable the calibration of Coriolis mass flow meters. Some sources of flow measurement error are unrelated to the accuracy of the flow meter. For example, for safety reasons, the dispenser hose must be vented after use. Since the hose is located downstream of the flow meter, this represents a quantity of hydrogen that has been measured but not delivered to the customer. A correction must be applied for the vented hydrogen, otherwise it is, a, it is an additional source of measurement error. In addition, once the dispenser hose is vented, a large volume of pressurized hydrogen may still remain in the piping further upstream particularly if the flow meter is installed upstream of the pre-cooler. This dead volume contains gas that has been measured by the flow meter, but not delivered to the receiving vehicle. If the current user fills their vehicle to a higher pressure than the previous user, there will be a positive error and the user will be overcharged and vice versa. Once again, corrections must be applied to ensure that the user has been billed correctly. To assess the magnitude of error at the dispenser, Several field test standards have been developed with the U.S. National Institute for Standards and Technology, or NIST, being the first. Four more have been developed through the MPEER Joint Research Project, Metrology for Hydrogen Vehicles, and by several national metrology institutes and designated institutes. Korea Research Institute of Standard and Science, or CRIS, has also developed a field test standard for use in South Korea. TUBSUD National Engineering Laboratory, or NEL, is planning to build two field test standards, one for dispensers filling light-duty vehicles and the other for heavy-duty road transport vehicles. 
The Metrology for Hydrogen Vehicles, or Metro Hy-V project partners, which include Tudsud National Engineering Laboratory, have completed a test program to assess the potential sources of error from the flow meter. Effects of pressure and temperature were investigated, along with the potential to use alternative fluids to calibrate the flow meters prior to installation. Since Coriolis mass flow meters are based on mass flow measurement, the use of alternative fluids such as air, nitrogen, and water would allow calibrations to be undertaken at significantly lower pressures and ambient temperatures while still achieving the same mass flow rate. Some positive results were seen in these trials. The flow meters tested performed well over a range of constant temperatures and pressures representative of those found in a fueling station. Also, alternative fluids were shown to be suitable for the calibration of flow meters, removing the need to calibrate using hydrogen in challenging operating conditions and reducing the cost of calibration. Another positive result was that pressures of up to 850 bar had an insignificant influence on flow meter performance. The joint research project Metro High V2, launched in September 2020, aims to further develop a metro metrological traceable framework for testing hydrogen dispensing meters. One task of this project is to develop primary standards for heavy duty hydrogen vehicles, which have a refill of approximately 30 to 40 kilograms compared with four to six kilograms for passenger vehicles. Additionally, the project will look at the development of secondary standards that are traceable to the primary standards developed in the initial Metro High V project for verification of hydrogen refueling stations. As it is costly to build primary standards and time-consuming to undertake the verification process using them, secondary standards could help reduce the cost and time needed for verification. Also present in this project are non-flow activities such as the development of hydrogen fuel reference materials, guidance for the implementation of analyzers and sensors at hydrogen refueling stations, standardization of the sampling methodology at hydrogen refueling stations, and the development of a harmonized protocol for fuel cell stack testing. Hydrogen is also being considered for use as an alternative to natural gas in domestic applications such as gas boilers, cookers, and fires. This can either be in the form of hydrogen or blends of hydrogen with natural gas. Hydrogen has the obvious advantage of producing only water vapor as a combustion product. Provided that the hydrogen used is either green or blue hydrogen, no CO2 will be released into the atmosphere. The use of hydrogen blended with natural gas does not have this advantage, but will still result in a decrease in CO2 emissions compared to using only natural gas. Despite the advantage of a, of a hydrogen-only fuel, the use of hydrogen and natural gas blends should not be dismissed. In the UK, the use of blended, of blended gas has been investigated by the High Deploy Project, with results showing that up to 20% by mole hydrogen can be blended into natural gas and used without any modifications to appliances. This may provide a suitable interim solution until appliances are modified for use with hydrogen. Regardless of whether hydrogen or blends of hydrogen with natural gas are used, the accuracy requirements set out for domestic gas flow meters must be met to ensure the accurate billing of consumers. In Europe, the requirements for domestic gas meters are stipulated in the Measuring Instruments Directive, which is 
European Directive 2004-22-EC. This directive was established to develop a single market for measuring instruments throughout the EU. Flow meters used for domestic gas measure measuring must demonstrate conformance to the measuring instruments directive, which can be achieved in three different ways. Number one, conforming with a harmonized standard for the measuring instrument that has been published in the official journal of the European Union. Number two, conforming with parts of normative documents that have been listed in the official journal of the European Union. And number three, conforming directly against the essential requirements described in the measuring instruments directive. The most common domestic gas flow meter used in the UK is the diaphragm type meter. This device consists of a housing containing four chambers, two of which are enclosed by bellows that expand and contract as they are charged and exhausted respectively. Flow into and out of the chambers is accomplished by means of slide valves. The volume of gas passed through the meter is obtained through a linkage arrangement, connecting the diaphragm to a mechanical readout system that records the number of displacements. Diaphragm meters demonstrate conformity to the measuring instruments directive through the harmonized standard for diaphragm domestic gas meters, BSEN 1359-2017. This standard requires that diaphragm gas meters must conform to the class 1.5 within the measuring instruments directive. In terms of flow meter accuracy, this essentially means that the MPE is plus or, plus or minus 1.5% on initial testing with allowances up to plus or minus 3% for the lower 10% of the flow rate range. Ensuring that the meters achieve a similar level of, effic of efficiency, excuse me, of accuracy with hydrogen compared to what is presently achieved with natural gas is important. Given the number of transactions that occur between energy suppliers and consumers using domestic gas meters, even small errors compared to those presently observed with natural gas would likely result in a large financial exposure. If the performance of the flow meters and hydrogen is not verified, this could ultimately lead to a lack of market confidence and hamper the incorporation of hydrogen into the gas grid. When hydrogen is used as opposed to natural gas, the accuracy of the diaphragm flow meters may be affected. The energy content of natural gas is approximately three times greater than hydrogen. So to deliver the same number of kilowatts to consumers, the flow rate of hydrogen must be three times larger than natural gas. As the meters were designed only for operation and flow rates that are typical for natural gas, they may show increased mechanical wear if the flow rate is increased by this amount. The higher flow rate may also increase the potential for internal leakage due to greater tendency of hydrogen to leak compared with natural gas. For blends where only a proportion of natural gas is replaced with hydrogen, the total volumetric flow rate will not be three times larger. Provided that the increase in flow rate is not excessive, diaphragm gas meters may still be used for blends while maintaining conformance to the accurate requirements of the measuring instruments directive. However, for pure hydrogen, this is unlikely to be the case. For mechanical-based meters, such as the diaphragm type, larger flow rates of gas are accommodated by increasing the physical dimensions of the flow meters. Existing domestic gas meter boxes are based on the existing meter size, so larger diaphragm meters may need a new or retrofitted meter box, which would be expensive and time-consuming. 
Aside from diaphragm meters, ultrasonic meters are the second most common domestic gas meter type used in the UK. The principle of ultrasonic, ultrasonic meters is based on measuring the time it takes for an ultrasonic signal to pass upstream and downstream through the flowing fluid. The difference in time taken between the upstream and downstream signals can be used to determine the velocity, the velocity of the flowing fluid and the volumetric flow rate. Like diaphragm meters, ultrasonic meters demonstrate conformity to the measuring instruments directive through the harmonized standard for ultrasonic domestic gas meters. This standard requires that ultrasonic meters conform to either the class one or 1.5 requirements in the measuring instruments directive. These classes have an MPE of plus or minus 1% and plus or minus 1.5% upon initial testing respectively with allowances up to plus or minus 2% and plus or minus 3% for the lower end of the flow rates tested. The performance of an ultrasonic meter is known to be more affected than that of a diaphragm type meter by physical properties such as the speed of sound, attenuation, viscosity, and density of the gas. The speed of sound of hydrogen is approximately three times greater than methane at standard conditions, meaning that the time taken for an ultrasonic pulse to travel to the, to, to, to the detector would be three times less. At the very least, this would increase the uncertainty in the ultrasonic pulse transit time and ultimately the overall uncertainty in the volumetric flow. Also, the correction factor used for ultrasonic meters is generally dependent upon the Reynolds number. The change in viscosity, density, and velocity of hydrogen compared to natural gas will result in a change in Reynolds number. Therefore, it is vital that the correction factor accounts for this. Despite the issues posed for the use of existing ultrasonic meters in hydrogen, they are not insurmountable, and it is possible that existing meters could be adjusted for hydrogen service. In fact, ultrasonic meters provide a distinct advantage over diaphragm meters in that they should be able to cope with the increased flow rates without requiring larger physical dimensions. As with diaphragm type meters, while conformance to the measuring instruments directive is essential for domestic gas meters to be used in the EU, it is important that this is proven for the use of hydrogen to ensure market confidence. As there has been no requirement for diaphragm and ultrasonic meters for domestic application to be tested using hydrogen, there is a lack of traceable testing facilities that have this capability. This means that there is no way to unequivocally confirm the, that the accuracy of the flow meters used in hydrogen will be the same as for natural gas. To address this, Tuv Sud National Engineering Laboratory has built a facility to accommodate testing in hydrogen. As previously discussed, the switchover from natural gas to hydrogen may take place in a staged approach involving hydrogen and natural gas blends or a direct switch to pure hydrogen. To accommodate this, the facility allows for a complete assessment of meter performance across a range of hydrogen to natural gas compositions from 0% to 100% hydrogen. The facility makes use of high purity bottled gases fed through a manifold to supply gas and gas mixtures to a test section at precisely controlled pressures and flow rates. The flow rates are measured using precision reference instruments calibrated to national standards. The facility can operate over a range of flows, pressures, and temperatures to reflect those experienced in service.
This new facility provides a platform not only to investigate the performance of existing meter stock, but also to allow the development of new meters designed specifically for hydrogen service. The findings from this research and testing carried out at this facility will help the switch to hydrogen take place safely and ensure that the end users are billed accurately and suppliers have economic certainty. It will also provide a facility capable of rendering the ongoing type testing and meter verification services required by the industry. Flow meter testing at this facility is due to start imminently. Initially, the facility will be used to test various domestic gas meter types, such as di diaphragm, ultrasonic, and thermal mass with hydrogen and methane blends. It will also be used in the MPIR new gas met project as part of an inter-comparison study with standards developed by other flow laboratories around Europe. This study will help validate the performance of the facility and its uncertainty budget. So we hope you enjoyed this article by Dale Anderson from Tuvsud National Engineering Laboratory. And we thank you for listening to another installment of H2 Tech Talk.